0: Hello.
1: Hello. Podcast Network Asia.
2: And welcome to Tech Connect. Tell us your story, present your idea, champion Filipino technology, ingenuity, promote a smarter and sustainable Philippines. Find great partners, investors, and like-minded individuals who will help you flourish and bring your innovations to life. TechConnect is an online tech show and podcast organized by Multisys Technologies Corporation in collaboration with Podcast Network Asia, Ideaspace, and Cubo Philippines. Multisys' initiative is to connect the tech community, champion Filipino technologies and innovators, and create an avenue for them to reach their goals, such as promote product and services, reach more clients, connect with incubators or investors, inspire others, and showcase Filipino technology. Again, I am your host, RJ Ledesma for Tech Connect. And joining us here today is our guest panelist from Smart Communications, Stephanie Orlino. And Stephanie is the stakeholder management head of PLDT and Smart. Welcome, Stephanie.
1: Hi, RJ. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here and happy to be supporting the, the startup community. Stephanie, for all
2: of our startups over here right now, how can SMART help them to grow and to scale their businesses?
1: So, we at SMART, no, actually almost 30 years ago, we we actually started out as what we now call a social enterprise. Mm-hmm. Because we were small and then we had that goal of uh, providing Filipinos access to communications so we can actually empathize. We know the journey of uh, these social enterprises. We're also we're also a tech company. So innovation is in the heart of our operations, and I imagine it's the same for tech startups, with technology changing so fast. We've been part of the journey of idea space since they started, and we love absolutely love working with social enterprises and startups especially for our shared value initiatives. So I lead the stakeholder management team, which does the corporate social responsibility programs of the company, both PLDT and SMART. And uh, we love working with social enterprises because they're agile, they target specific pain points. They don't want to solve uh, all the problems of of the country. They're flexible, they work fast, and we see ourselves continuing to to do so so we can positively impact communities together. So for us in SMART, We actually don't have a standard package for supporting startups uh, because it varies per engagement. But in the course of our working uh, together with startups over the years, since 2012, actually, we've provided funding for incorporation. Which is very
2: important, very important. Exactly. When
1: they're starting out, uh, to get them off the ground. And uh, we did this in partnership with RTS Space Kupo. We've provided funding for a key initiative or key activity of the startup that may be uh, capital intensive, such as for agriculture, that might be farming inputs Mm -hmm. or maybe initial capital to be loaned out to the farmers. We've also provided linkages to partners and uh, to uh, steady market. And that usually starts in our own backyard uh, with our own employees or the employees of the MVP group of companies and even us, us ourselves as a client. We've also done business model, co-development and refinement. So this means recommending ways they can effectively collaborate with us based on our own context. Which may not be their initial business model, no. When they came to us, because right. they have the standard business model. But we work with them closely so that we can, you know, um, work together better. Because it really, parang mutually, mutually beneficial. Siya. And then we've also provided mentoring by providing experts, for example, customer service, because that's what we do. Finance, for example. We've also provided um, some startups in agri with real estate for, urban, for okay. urban gardening, for example, and the, the usual technology support. And that would be devices, connectivity, and even an SMS broadcast system. So it really depends on how we grow the partnership together.
2: Fantastic. So really, when they approach PLDT Smart, it's the ability for both of you to work together, I guess, with a startup to understand what are their needs and their path to growth. And you kind of come in and customize how you're able to help them using the PLDT Smart ecosystem.
1: Exactly. Uh, we come in as an enabler. And then, so we just bring with us our infrastructure, our network, and also our experiences and know, partnerships with other communities that they can also benefit from.
2: Fantastic. And that way, I really hope we've piqued the interest of the emerging and uh, struggling startups who are actually listening to, to, listening to us here right now. And I'm trying to figure out how do we move forward with our startup. And I guess one of the first ways is to listen to TechConnect. And I'm sure we've piqued the interest of our future startup here today. On TechConnect, we've got here our good friends and our featured innovator, which is Mayani. Mayani is a social impact-driven agri-tech startup that connects local farmers and buyers on a unified e-commerce platform. And here to represent Mayani are its co-founders. Say hi to JT Solis, Jeff Barrero, and Joseph Amara. Guys, kumusta? Thanks so much for joining us here on TechConnect.
0: Hi, RJ. Hi, guys. Thanks for having us.
2: This is very interesting. I've got, you know, this is the first time I'll try to manage three different co-founders. I want you guys to actually tell me the story of how you all came together. What was the, what's your Avengers origin story that brought the three of you guys together, Mayani? And we'll talk about that in just a bit. But in the meantime, I also want to let you guys know, you know, there's a reason also we brought Mayani here on Barton Tech TechConnect. It's because our very good friend, my good business partner, and the founder of Multisys and its CEO, David Almirol, has a very uh, special place in his heart for agriculture. And he comes from an agricultural background and from a family. And he's got a very special project called Multifresh. This is an agri-based company working closely with grower families in both Northern and Central Luzon. And that's why we here at TechConnect have a very soft spot for farmers and advocacy so that can help them out. So if you want to check out how Dave and of course Multifresh can help you, please check out their website. That's www.multifresh.ph. To learn more about that one. So having said all that one, I want to turn over to our founders here right now. And uh, feel free to have anybody sort of answer this question. In startups like yourselves, of course, you heard what Stephanie had to say earlier on, which was, you know, all the different benefits they have to offer there, and also what uh, Multisys and Multifresh have to offer. And you can see what TechConnect is as a platform. Given your stage in your startup journey, what are you looking forward to as being part of TechConnect? What can we help you with over here? See Jeff, see Jeff. I can see that the interest is in your eyes.
3: No, I was just trying to gauge if JD or Joseph was going to speak first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having us, RJ. It's fantastic to be working with uh, Idea Space, with multi-Isis, and also with Smart actually. And when well, you asked about the uh, the origins of our Avengers team, um, and you also mentioned earlier, you know, Stephanie also mentioned it, that um, you work with social enterprises, and startups. In the intro, you mentioned we are a social impact-driven agri-tech startup. Mm-hmm. So we've, we're we all in one of those descriptions. And really, the the genesis is a mission. Probably, I'm thinking you have an idea how agriculture in the Philippines has been for generations, where we have observed, and it doesn't take any rocket science or deep research to see that our farmers are poor. And we thought that, you know, it's about time, that something systemic, something deep, something impactful should happen in the sector. And that's why we started to get together. We are a founding team of seven. Wow. And uh, which is um, not very typical of uh, tech startups. And really, this is our Avengers team. And we really have different strengths. We bring something different to the table. So that's why when the pandemic happened, it really allowed us to to ride the wave, so to speak. So we are now making a lot of headway in the agri-agri space. Uh, We provide direct market access to our farmers. We will be in a position very soon to provide them credit, fair credit. And we will be providing them inputs as well, fairly priced inputs from the largest vendors of agricultural inputs in the country. I'll, I'll let the others uh, speak, Joseph and JT.
2: Well, I'm just very curious at your cap table if you have uh, seven people on board as co-founders. Huh? <laughs> so uh, I find that a very interesting story. But yeah, uh, JT or or Joseph, maybe you can also tell us a bit more. Uh, thanks so much, Jeff, for giving us a, a bigger context of what Mayani is about. And, and right now, as you move forward and you're trying to achieve the goals of, of Mayani, maybe you can tell us maybe what can TechConnect help provide you with? Is it more of the network? Is it more of the technology? Is it more of the connection to financing? What do you think TechConnect would be good for as you continue to grow uh, your startup?
4: I think, RJ, it's really more of uh, two things, right? I think the first one is because TechConnect would really have its strong DNA around technology because of you and David, especially David, coming I mean, hailing from multi-sys. I think we've even collaborated with David during the height of the pandemic for mm-hmm. a couple of initiatives. Uh, with multi-sys. This was during the height of community panchies across the country. And you know that community panchies became those grassroots outposts for fresh produce available for entire, for different communities. So we collaborated with him on that one. So I think the first one is really how we can explore possible synergies, even on the product and the technology side. Um, I think that's something that Joseph, who heads our, our technology team, would agree with. I think second would be amplification of the message. It's very rare for us to be able to encounter a platform such as this one, which is very multi-stakeholder in nature. We got Steph in here. We got IdeaSpace or backers. We got you guys, right? Um, we got multi-sys. And I think getting the word out can really make a tangible difference when it comes to amplifying and boosting the overall battle cry that we have in in the agri-fishery sector. Like in our case, Mm -hmm. sometimes what makes a difference between a successful project and a non-successful project is just getting the proper story out to the right audience, to the right stakeholders, and getting that stakeholder on board into the program. For us, if we are able to work out deeper synergies with multisys or smart somewhere down the road, I think it would have been a success already.
2: Well, I'd like to think that with PLDD Smart over here, you'll be able to communicate or tell your story much much <laughs> better to key stakeholders, not just in the company, but I guess across the country. Because we realize nowadays, coming from my own uh, entrepreneurial background, that right now, you know, the story is almost just as important as the technology. <laughs> when you're selling to people, they want to know what is the meaningfulness and relevance of supporting uh, this startup over the next startup. And I think Smart can do a really great job with that one over there. Now, uh, moving forward, you know, there's just one person I haven't heard from over here from the team, no? Which is Joseph over here, who's your, who's your tech guy. I, I'm just very curious because this is the first time I'm coming across seven founders. I mean, I've seen I've seen a bit more, no? I mean, and I've seen a bit less. But if you don't mind, though, so people can also get a better appreciation of putting together this, you know. You know, seven is actually the team members of the Justice League. Uh, just to let you know, no? So you're superheroes superheroes, but That's the founding members. Who are the seven, and what are the sort of skill sets that you guys bring into the picture, so that each each one complements uh, one another? Yeah, exactly.
0: I think seven. It's also a first time for. It's the first time for most of us to experience a, a company setup like this. But based from experience, it's one of the you know most promising and journeys that we've been through. So to give you an idea and perspective, seven. Of course, most important one is Ochi, our co-founder and partner. He's our chief farmer. So he's the reason why Mayani is there. Um, Jeff here uh, came across Sir Ochi. They're actually friends uh, before Mayani. And then Sir Ochi presented us with the problem of, you know, the usual problem of oversupply and farmers not being capable of, other than farming, this, the selling, the whole logistics of it, the whole marketing, and even in a fast-paced, digitized world, they're they're not, unfortunately, they're not able to keep up. So... Mayani was born out of helping Sir Ochi and the whole community of Lean Batangas. We started with that community. So Ochi deals now with farmer onboarding and reaching out to us many farms that we, are, we, we can help if mm-hmm. possible. And then, other than Sir Ochi, um, the remaining crew would be me dealing with tech and operations. We have Lance who deals with fulfillment, we have JT who deals with business development, we also have someone legal on board. So who leads our whole legal department?
2: So ideally, each of the seven leads his or uh, his own division. Got that? I keep in mind. I'm just a bit curious because, like I said, I'm looking at the cap table here right now. In other words, how did you guys, how did you guys share the equity in putting the company together? Was it like okay, hundred divided by seven, and that's it? We are the co-founders of Mayani. I keep in mind because sometimes you have to ask these sort of questions, especially when, when startups are put together. People also wonder how how do you how do you share the I guess, share the business at the start. Sir Jeff, maybe you can answer that?
3: We each have a substantial stake in the business. And starting the, the enterprise, we had a long-term view. Mm-hmm. So we already know that because the sector is just so large and the possibilities, the opportunities are limitless, we knew that we were going to be big one day. That we were gonna go outside the country one day, that we can be a regional play. It's it's a sector-wide disruption that can go outside the Philippines. So even if we were seven, we knew that in the end, that pie was gonna grow so big that it's okay if we had just a percent each.
2: Okay. I love how you're trying to put things into context. Thanks so much, Jeff. Now, um, having said that, no, you know, it was quite a mouthful to explain earlier on what actually Mayani is. And, you know, often I take the perspective of saying, you know, if I have to laymanize, you know, I've, I've worked with so many different startups and I keep on asking them, can you actually put into layman's terms what you doing? Like I might, my dad's, you know, almost hitting 80. And I have, every time I talk to startups, I have to even explain to them, you know, this is what they do. This is what they do. Because it's so, it's so hard when you, the pitch is so, you know, it, it sounds something that they might not be able to appreciate. Can you break it down for me? What does Miami do? What, is the, what exactly does it do to help people? And how can I explain that to somebody who's not from the tech world? I think, RJ, maybe to distill it
4: to its simplest sense, right? They kind of like bring it back down to earth. We are the farmer's companion when it comes to selling their harvests to the market. Mm-hmm. That's it. We are there to be able to help them after production. They've produced tomatoes. The Cordillera farmers would produce Highland vegetables. Our Calabarzon farmers would produce pinakbet uh, vegetables. We are there to be able to provide that bridge or linkage to the market. So, so that's that's essentially what we're doing. We we do sustainable sourcing directly from them, and then we we team up with large corporate clients. You know, the likes of Robinsons, the likes of Waltermart. Healthy options, you know, top restaurants in the country to be able to provide that stable and recurring offtake uh, for our farmers, and that for them that simply meant stability of livelihood, better prices, better incomes.
2: Got that. And what? And I understand that you're sort of like the place that helps farmers out. No, what is the sort of technological intervention that you're bringing in? I guess on each stage, because I did mention earlier on when we introduced you that you are. Uh, you you help them through e-commerce. So how exactly do you help them across each of those stages to be able to keep their farming sustainable? Maybe I can take this one. So
0: Mayani, think of Mayani as a tech arm of the farmers or the farm association. So JT mentioned just the marketing aspect of what tech can deliver, but it goes beyond so much more. Um, it goes livelihood assistance. It goes data-driven um, planting, data-driven. Um, so I think, Uh, Right now, we're leaning towards data-driven, where we have this ideology of from seed to table, it's all going to be data-driven. So in this sense, um, just recently, I think this quarter, we sort of um, assisted farmers in terms of what to plant, Mm -hmm. because based on um, a lot of factors, which is data-driven, such as weather, such as demand, such as spoilage. so you factor those in. Ultimately, improvement overall, um, improvement in volume, profit. And even you're addressing the biggest concern, which why we're here is spoilage. We don't really want vegetables going to waste. So if everything is data-driven from start to finish, I think that's what Mayani is here for. So we've been slowly accomplishing that.
2: It's basically eliminating a lot of the friction costs, not only of going to market, but at the same time, of what products to produce so they're easiest to sell for the market. Exactly, yeah. And with that, Steph, I'm sure right now, everything here right now is, I can see your mind kind of, uh, you know, turning here right now. Great ideas as to see how this sort of integrates into the whole PLDT smart uh, ecosystem and what you you guys can do for them. What are your initial thoughts right now as you better understand what Mayani is doing?
1: Yeah. So for us, I think, yeah, data is very important because, you know, that's why there's spoilage because they don't really, the farmers really can't tell how much the need is. And there's value really in, you know, modeling and data. And then also what Mayani is doing, you know, uh, providing the market. So closing that loop. Uh, I think while Mayani started, you know, by matching, linking the, the producers with the consumers, you really cannot take away, you know, thinking about production. I mean, how it starts and data is, uh, is important in that. And for us in PLD Smart, I think what we can provide, to enable this would be obviously access to connectivity and technology, and uh, we do that by expanding our network to reach more communities in the country. And for agriculture, you no, know, a lot of these farming communities obviously are in the fringes. So we do our best to push further and further our uh, infrastructure so that you know farmers can have access to that technology, and also um, by providing access, I think making helping make available and providing access to. Relevant, timely, and accurate data, right? So very simple thing of accessing, you know, prices, um, weather for the farmers would be very important. And then also building the capability of uh, stakeholders on ICT and even the farmers, no? They're very tech averse. We all know that our farmers are aging, but then no, there's there's the future. I mean, the youth. They're very much um, into agripreneurship already. Agribusiness, not necessarily tilling the land anymore, but because that's not sexy anymore to them. But that's not that's not appealing. But it's really also maximizing the use of technology, teaching them how to maximize the use of technology to be able uh, for them to achieve their goals.
2: Really great to hear that story. Hi, I'm RJ Desma. Get inside the heads of the country's sharpest and most innovative business personalities and entrepreneurs. Hack your way to success as you learn more about how they think about business. What are their best practices and success secrets? How do they innovate their businesses during the pandemic and what opportunities do they see in the new normal? Join me on the Arjila Desma podcast. You know, in my mind, I was thinking right now with PLDT Smart, the ability right now for them to, I mean, when the when the connection is there through PLDT Smart, you can actually help the farmers get touched. There. You can do a straight B2C case for you guys to at least, you know, with the data over there, we can get more people to get the correct the correct vegetables, I guess. or to, You can get to the market even quicker for them and eliminate more of the friction costs that Joseph was talking about. Now, I want to go back to Jeff because, Jeff, earlier on, you were telling me a bit more about, you know, the problems that you were trying to encounter. And the thing is, you know what, when you talk about startups, always the first question people ask, right, is that, you know, when a venture capitalist comes to you, he goes, what problem is your business trying to solve? If you think about a problema, I mean, problem, I mean, that, you, I mean what, that you want to solve in agriculture, and that's always the case. And there are many different agri, agri-tech startups here right now. But can you bring me just through the journey so people can get to better appreciate, you know, what was the initial problem that you were trying to solve? And how did... Bayani started, I guess, iterating from the initial problem to where it is right now. So, what is the first problem that you were trying to solve in in agri?
3: Absolutely right, RJ. And damning problem ng agri in the Philippines.
2: Problems are not bad. Problems just mean that that's your just problems are problems. And you're just trying to find, you know, you can turn those problems into opportunities, right? So, what is the biggest problem that you saw as an opportunity?
3: Exactly. Um, The very first problem of the farmers would be. Access to market, you know, we, we speak with them on a regular basis, especially with our chief farmer, uh, Ochi, part of the team. And it's always that, sir, tulungan mo ito. so it's access to market and fair access to market, if I may add. So that's the first level of intervention that we, we tried to do. So to provide them uh, access to market that was fair and as direct as possible. But along the way, of course, a dami mong makikita and you have to choose which oh. ones to tackle. So that's why it's useful that JT mentioned earlier that you know we are a farmer's companion. So ano ba ang pinaka-pressing needs ng farmer? Access to market. And then of course, he needs inputs, seeds, fertilizers. He needs money. So those are the three large intervention areas that uh, we are getting into. First is access to market, second is access to financing, and the third is access to agricultural inputs. If I may also comment, uh, it's fantastic that SMART is here, and Stephanie mentioned two critical needs of the farmers in bringing them to the digital age. That's connectivity. As uh, as SMART and PLDT increase their coverage of the country, it. Empowers our farmers, it empowers the sector to have better lives. And the second are gadgets. You know, they are tech averse, but a simple gadget, a phone, already spells a world of a difference for them. So I know that Smart even has this digital farmer program uh, wherein they educate the farmers. So Yun Palang, uh, a stakeholder that like PLDT and SMART does that. And working with a startup with, with Mayani who reaches them on the ground, then you know you can imagine that those problems I mentioned are slowly really going to be tackled in real life and new, new methods, new processes, new ways of doing things are going to be put in place.
2: Got that. Now, I, I love it how we were able to summarize it again. It's access to market, access to finance, and access to inputs. And those are the three key problems that you saw. I mean, those are the big three biggest bottlenecks for our farmers, right? Uh, that you're trying to solve. Now, not to say that you guys aren't great at what you're doing, but I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of different agri-tech startups coming up right now who encounter the same set of problems. Um, I wanted to ask, especially from your perspective, what are you guys doing that, that's a bit, a bit more, I guess, unique or a bit more innovative than what other agri-tech startups are doing in your ability to reach the market or to achieve these three goals? And having said that also, you know, sometimes it does, it's not always a question of I have to compete with the other agri-tech startups. It's also a notion of saying, you know, we're all in the same space. Are we just going to co-opt, you know, work together to solve such a big, big concern here in the Philippines? So what are you guys doing a bit different that others are, aren't quite doing with Mayani? I think three things, RJ. The first
4: one is, number one, we've been very collaborative. And I'm not throwing in this word just so we could have this feel-good, Vibe that, you know, we're open to working with other startups because we already did, you know, we work with the likes of June from Agraba. We know the guys from Agro Digital. We even know Josh from Zagana. We mm. have worked together. We've even put up what we call the Agritech Consortium for the Philippines.
2: Oh, great. That's really great news.
1: Really Whose
4: shared and collective thrust is to actually round up every single player in the space, recognizing the fact that it's such a huge sector mm-hmm. that no single player can take it on. Alone, right? And we have we've done a lot of tangible initiatives already with them. We've done a Gulay ng Bayan national project with, DT, with DTI and DA, with the Agri Consortium, way back on the first 30 days of the lockdown, when, when the president declared March 17, 2020, we'll go on a lockdown. We were an FDI. Pare. We, were, we were there early morning at 3 a.m., 2 a.m., right? So we're really collaborative as, as a player, and, and we're not very adversarial. We're open to seeing what possibilities can we jointly take on with these other players because we recognize that the sector is just way too big for a single player to take it on. Second, I think we are very, very data-driven. I think Jeff has already touched on this. Joe already knows this. There's a huge data deficit that we're seeing in the agri-supply chain. It's the most inefficient across sectors. And yet we recognize that there's a wealth of data that we can unlock just so people in it can also thrive and lead better lives. I think the third one is we're very grower-centric. We're very producer-centric. We're very farmer-centric. The way we're tackling the problem in agriculture is in a very holistic way. We're not just looking at it. We're attacking it from, the very, from a very practical entry point, which is turning crops into cash, which mm-hmm. to a farmer is the most important thing. And then looking at other things that all of these smallholder producers are encountering so I think those three things
2: got that. And I want to just bring in. Uh, I want to bring in Joseph into the discussion. Like you said, there's a lot of data points. So there's a lot of things that are that are missing missing in that in that space. Getting because get, of course the data is going to drive all the information that you need to to improve your ability to help the farmers. How do you plan to actually accumulate all these great data points for you to be able to to help the farmers more? And how can maybe PLDT Smart help you with that? Good that you mentioned adoption has really been a big problem. I mean in any business. So
0: it's either adoption of supply and or you know demand and but good news is I think Stephanie addressed that earlier that we're in a third world country, yes, but we're also in an internet country. So pretty much um we were when we started mayani this is, was pretty well planned, I'd say, on a certain level. But adoption was one of our fears. But surprisingly when we engage with these farmers, most of them owned uh a smartphone so I think one of their biggest requests and we're slowly building towards tools on our back end that could assist them to that is financial assistance or maybe I mean load assistance a discount on load that will mean a lot to them they have not much comp- I mean signal complaints there would be spots where it's really s- strong signal so I don't I mean we're still able to work on a day-to-day basis but yeah I guess at the end of the day they're all working to make a living and financial assistance like these infrastructures could also follow, but that's one of their requests and wish lists.
2: Got that. Stephanie, do I understand correctly? There's a digital farmer initiative that you guys are doing in PLDT Smart. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, it's called the Digital Farmers Program. It's actually a ladderized training program. It's in partnership with the Department of Agriculture's Agricultural Training Institute. So it's three phases. It's actually training um, the farmers, smallholder farmers on uh, digital literacy. So we start with a very basic. Like how to access your smartphone, how to use it, how to take proper pictures, you know, they need to know may sakit ba yung, yung livestock ko or may sakit ba yung plant ko, but I don't know how to actually take a photo. And then uh, we, we move on to more uh, advanced Apps and we also teach them on internet and keeping themselves safe while they're online because it's the first sal- it's going to be their first salvo, no, um, in accessing the internet. So they have to be able to protect their digital lives as well. And then they we move on to more um, advanced applications. We also teach them, for example, how to market on Facebook, and then we teach them digital marketing. And then content production. And then we'll move on to 103. So we call it DFP 101, 102, and 103. That would be, you know, introducing already like cooperatives, farmer cooperatives, and learning side cooperators on smart farming technologies that they can um, you know, especially localized ones that they can maybe um replicate on their own. So that's a digital farmer's program. So we partner, so we'd love to work with, with Mayani and train, you know, um, your your different. Different partners, whether it be directly the smallholder farmers or um, your farmer cooperatives that you work with.
2: Wow. I thought level three would be teaching them how to become TikTok influencers already at that point. Pwede well, yeah, naman <laughs> uh,
1: the younger ones can do that. Yeah, actually, there are,
2: na, there are
0: there are. More I, I love that. that. Yeah, yeah we work actually creator. both with
1: the. I uh, know we work both with the older ones, the older farmers, and the youth. Because the older farmers, they're again they're tech averse, but they do have their children, their pamankins, or you know young people living with them who are more into technology, who are more tech savvy, who can actually. You know, guide them in using these uh, these platforms. So it's not. So it's just really opening their eyes to the benefits of technology and how it can really improve their lives. And then uh, getting on board the youth so that they're also participating in the entire uh, agriculture value
2: chain. Got that. Got that. Now I want to go back a bit more. You know, offline before we began with our podcast, we were talking about you know sometimes as startups, you know, your first initial idea is not going to be the idea that you pursue, or you've got to go back to the drawing board again and say, okay, this was a good idea, but you know, along the way, you course correct because that's really buhay startup. Yan, How about you guys, man? What was your own experience? I mean, this was your first idea. Is it still the initial idea that you worked on? Did you have to go back to the drawing board? Did you go left? Did you go right? Did you go backward, forward? Tell us a bit more. You're all laughing over there. So I guess it's something that you guys uh, can relate to. Uh, who, who wants to share, please, a bit more about it? I'm Okay, go ahead.
0: When we start sorry, know really fun times because it was Jeff who gathered us. And then back then I was uh, we all had other day jobs and we could only work with Miami on the weekend. So back then as a tech industry, I would watch Shark Tank a lot. So oh this is the opportunity to, you know, live the dream and do it. But then you would hear startup struggles which we did encounter, so we started off with the cliche startup story of working on Excel and just on a short community, testing the business idea. So we went through that, we went through not paying ourselves for a certain period of time. And then you you will feel that as, a, as me, as an individual, just sharing. And then you get to a point wherein you evaluate. But I guess for Mayan, it became less because the, the mission was clear from the start and the mission of who to help and where we want to be, I think Jeff mentioned that, so' just so start palang medyo confident i we we aim for becoming big or else we don't you know we don't why still do this so we went through that uh, fortunately, I think after a year and a half, we were able to pay ourselves minimum wage, so yeah, and then do <laughs> so diyan medio ane yan ipon kalang talaga and working on the weekends well, sustaining job so no na minimum wage nagdesay na ako tapos okay na ako dito sa minimum wage ato at least may <laughs> okay na ako ha
2: okay parang yan minimum wage okay but but bakak overshare <laughs> sorry guys kumusta naman dito I'm thinking is that initial I guess business model na naisitin yon for mayani is it the business model that you're using here right now so you know, just going back to business model just means that, you know, for people listening here for the first time, that is how the business makes money, right? So I'm guessing that, you know, my presumption that you're making money also, sort of still like the middleman. And that's how you guys make the money here, but in a more equitable and fair way that you're making the money. So can you tell me a bit more, how has the business model evolved for you guys and the way that you thought that that you were going to be serving, has it also evolved as well as you put up Mayani and started running Mayani?
3: I'll uh, I'll take that. Joseph uh, mentioned something important, which is uh, the mission was clear from the start. Mm -hmm. We will help the farmers. We will uplift, help uplift their lives. We will disrupt this sector in a permanent manner. So yung yung, uh, pag-pivot, it hasn't happened. What has happened is something that entrepreneurs normally encounter, which is the challenge of which... Challenge or which opportunity to say no to, Mm -hmm. because along the way, uh, and we spoke about this earlier, you'll discover just so many problems. And you're right, RJ, when you mentioned problems are actually opportunities. So we 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 had to you know make certain decisions. What are we gonna do first? What are we gonna say no to? What are we gonna say yes to? What are we gonna say yes but not now? So you and your mga challenges uh, sa agri tech startup uh, of Miami. Maybe JT has something else. Yeah, maybe just to
4: build on my you know two partners' insights there. I think it's more of just rationalizing the headspace, the the business model. We never did the pivot, but we did a lot of refinement to it. We were all of a sudden you know uh, it's like a ragtag team. We were operating out of a our out of a garage in Green Hills. We squatted in the garage of of another company in there. We were literally dispatching the orders ourselves. But then again, you know, we we were we started thinking big and and told ourselves, how do we, how do we start scaling? How do we run this um, so that it's built for scale and with scale would come impact? So we started refining the business model. We got very clear on what are the North Star metrics or sort of the guiding stars for the company that we should always look at, serving as our measurable barometers of success. So after, you know, after. Coming to terms with that, and and the fact that we needed to evolve the business model, I think everything went well. You know, uh, now we're not we're not at minimum wage anymore, right? Maybe uh, we're we're in fact we're in fact inviting you know interested, like minded, passionate individuals who wanna dip their feet and and get their hands sort of dirty uh, in, in this thriving agri fisheries space to join us if, if anybody's interested. You know, um eventually RJ it all paid off, right? Um eventually we got the backing of, of venture capital guys. Uh we got a backing of ADB, Silicon Valley investors, and also a lot of impact funds. So you know all those sacrifices, all those battle scores actually <laughs> that we were laughing about <laughs> made sense. Yeah. Maybe also
0: to share, I mean the funding eventually led on to so I I studied in Basal and I was able to invite some of my batchmates who came who was already working in different companies to join Miami. and you know wow. they they loved the mission yeah so I, that's one of my proudest highlights in the in this Mayani, com, uh, Mayani career so I was able to invite um, not just three four other devs to join the and full time that's full time work so for them to join our cause and our fight to help. You know, improve farmers' lives. So, really overwhelming response from them.
2: Well, I, I didn't want to you. And then, how do you, having said I mean, this, makes me actually very excited. No? Now, we're looking now at, and for many companies at that stage, you know, you've you finally brought it to the idea that it's time to scale the business. I help you better understand, if you don't mind, though, when we're coming to scale the business. Of course, they're scaling the business in terms of what, what we plan to grow and also, also how you plan to. Uh, I guess, finance, its growth. Can you tell me a bit more about what current stage you guys are in? Are you are, are you in Series A? Are you in Series B? Uh, and how do you plan to scale the business at the same time? In, in what specific areas do you plan to scale it in? Jeff?
3: I'll let JD take this on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, so we're currently... Uh, we just closed our seed round, RJ. Okay. Uh, we're about to announce it in, in a couple of weeks. Um, we started... One of our co-founders, our chief legal counsel, Ron has been very, very good and creative at, at putting up a whole co-company even in Singapore so we could accelerate and streamline our fundraising initiatives. So we are heading towards Series A as an Agritech tech startup. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, we're deploying capital now. We're deploying capital now to be able to improve our operations. So we have what we call Project Red. <laughs> Project Red. This is whenever people ask, what's your roadmap? Can we have a peek into the future of Mayani? We we tell them it's Project Red. Um, R stands for revenue. So it's all about how do we expand our customer base? Because without a stable and a recurring offtake coming on the demand side, we won't be able to help the farmers, right? As they would always say, without revenue, there's no scale. Mm -hmm. Without scale, there's no impact. Mm -hmm. The E there in Project Red uh, stands for expansion. And expansion can take various modalities. Expansion of product line could be SKUs. We started going into fisheries as well, helping out, for instance, the Botolan fisher folks all the way from Zambales facing the the, the West Philippine Sea, right? A lot of the fisher folks there we've been been starting to help. Expansion in terms of geographical expansion, we've been catering largely to the NCR Plus market. Mm -hmm. We started uh, looking into all the adjacent provinces now across Luzon. How do we expand our footprint and operations there? D stands for digitization. And again, this is a sort of a twin, a twin helix into our DNA. It's always digitization because we we gotta be able to capture data also in this supply chain that, that has a huge data deficit as we speak. So that means better tech stack. Um we've built a lot of proprietary technology. We have what we call the crop engine. Joe's team has been leading that. We have the farmer's companion, which is the farmer-facing tool. Um, and we wanna be able to improve all our products. And I guess. You know, that's where the likes of ecosystem players like smart, right? With very good flagship initiatives, like the farmers, you know, digital initiative would come into play.
2: Thanks so much for giving us a better picture of where you guys are actually going to be taking Mayani. There's one point I just wanna raise over here. Maybe Steph can help us out in BLDP Smart. I no? I know that you work together with ID space and Cubo to help finance companies. Can you also give us a better picture? Like how do you, you know, you're looking at Agritech, you're saying, I think it's good to, you know, what are there certain metrics or certain criteria or, evalu- you know, for purposes of evaluation, what metrics are you looking for in companies that you are considering investing in? Whether it's Cuba, through Cuba or through Space or through PLDP smart step.
1: Yeah, for us, it's really, well, if it achieves, uh, mutually achieves our uh, goals uh, for the agriculture sector, So um, Jeff did mention earlier the three main pain points in agriculture that would be like from the production side and also uh, financing, access to low-cost capital, and also uh, providing markets. So we welcome essentially um, social enterprises and startups that target and uh, help, you know, address specific gaps, these specific gaps in the agriculture sector. So I think, I I mean, as you said earlier, it's not necessarily competing and JT mentioned earlier that they're very collaborative Mm -hmm. because the pie, the challenge and the opportunity and the pie is so big. The
2: pie is just too big for us.
1: I know exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, working together, um, we might already, while we have already partners, um, you know social enterprises as well and startups working with us to address these specific gaps we're welcome we we welcome you know other other partners as well uh, to contribute in order to address uh, address all these challenges because again yeah, you know it takes a village <laughs> Really, I mean to address this whole, uh, this whole uh, challenge that is agriculture, and uh, essentially we need to work together, both the private sector, the government, uh, you know, the startup community, so that we can essentially. Reach our goal of nation rebuilding, so to say, so to speak, right? So there, um, there's really no specific metric, so to speak. So yeah, we just really uh, welcome partnerships with different, uh, with different entities, especially startup community, startups, and uh, social enterprises.
2: Great to hear that. You know, guys, I wish I had more time to delve into the specifics of what Mayani does, and of course, a bit more into what PLDT Smart does to help in the growth of companies, like. Mayani. But uh, it's time for us to wrap up. But having said that, no, as we start wrapping things up, you know, I'm sure you're just the three founders, but I'm sure all the seven founders are just as equally excited as you guys are optimistic for the future of Filipino agriculture. Can I just ask you guys, where do you see Mayani five years from now? And and how do you think in those five years, it would have changed the face of Filipino agriculture?
3: Mayani would have provided the uh a real possibility a real channel for our farmers to improve their lives because there's somebody a partner that will buy their produce that will help them grow and it everything in a fair manner so in five years they can already look forward to a new way of doing things in five years mayani will be in southeast asia for sure not just in the Philippines. In fact, that will already be happening even this year. Wow! Uh, uh, so, really, what we're trying to do is provide a better way and make it like really part of the agri-food supply chain, whether it's here in the Philippines or in Indonesia or in Malaysia. So, yeah, JT and Joseph might have another thing to say.
2: Please go ahead, JT. You've got some ideas. Yeah, quick one,
4: RJ. I think. Look, the Philippines has about 10 million smaller farmers, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think it's just very ironic that the guys who feed the nation are the ones actually falling behind. And I think in, in the next half decade or so, we would envision Mayani to have moved the needle already, at least contribute a certain number to the agricultural production share in the country, to the agriculture contribution to GDP, right? I think that's something. To be able to see an agritech startup, Contribute something and move the needle, for us, that excites us every day, every day. And that meant at the grassroots side, be able to create measurable impact on, on the part of farmers, boosted rural incomes, them enabling them to send their kids to school, food on the table, financial cushion, et cetera. I think that's something, and, and definitely a regional play. So, and, and would like, again, like to thank Ideaspace for that. They're actually one of our investors, <laughs> I'd like to mention. Because working with ecosystem enablers like them, Cubo, IdeaSpace, the MVP group of companies, right, enables us to sort of sit on the shoulder of giants and see this is the horizon ahead, and and how can we work together for this sector that has long been on the sidelines.
2: Thanks so much, and uh, Joseph, anything else to add? Uh, maybe, I think JT
0: covered it. So what I was going to say in, in five years, hopefully, the farmers we're working with are more capable in terms of in terms of harnessing the more modern skill set of marketing. And you mentioned taking nice photos. So that has been a legitimate <laughs> problem for me because I also lead marketing. So we want onboard as much products as we want from the farmers. But then you're right. That's the number one concern. They don't really know how to take SKU proper photos. So, But we've, we've been addressing those. So we onboard farmers, again, not just with data, but also marketing, also legal aspect. Financial assistance eventually, hopefully, with the help of smart um, gadget assistance or you know load assistance, something like that. So um, yeah, in five years, it's a more. I think agriculture will have more of a tech process, so that we're more data driven and nothing goes to waste. That's a number one of our main missions.
2: And having said that, guys, if they want, if there's somebody whether a farming group or a farmers cooperative or somebody who just wants to be participate in the ecosystem that you're trying to build in Mayani. How can they get in touch with you guys?
0: Yeah, um, I think you can first and foremost email us or email jt at jt at mayani.ph. But we're all on most social media platforms. We have our Facebook, Instagram, and our website. You can easily drop a message there. So, yes, um, we're out to open. Of course, prioritizing smallholder farmers. These are farmers not part of a, of um, corporate funding or any backed by any other. So it's sorry linkusan na so if you know anyone please do reach out to us and let us know
2: Thanks so much Mayani and Stephanie if they want to get in touch with the, the PLDT smart group to system as well or ID Space cubo and anybody under your stakeholder management of PLDT and Smart how can they get in touch with you guys
1: um actually they can reach out to me, Stephanie Orlino. Uh, my email is svorlino at smart.com.ph. And you know, just we can set up something and and uh, discuss. And I just like to say, you know, RJ, kudos to Miami and all the other social enterprises that have, you know, taken it upon them, upon themselves to address, you know, problems in agriculture and the bigger also problem of food security. And I think, you know, altogether we can actually if we all work together, we can actually uplift this sector and you know uplift the lives of farmers and make them realize that they are business owners. You know they play a very big part um, in the future of our country. And maybe I'd like to share if if that's okay. I'd like to share some tips. You know when engaging maybe with the private sector or at least for some startups. First of all, join Idea Space Kubo community because they can really provide linkages uh, to companies like us and uh, the rest of the MVP group. And then uh, next would be, I think money should not always be the first ask from the private sector, but really to work together to create a model that is mutually beneficial. Even for those in foundations and especially like us in corporate CSR, the money that we will provide, it may not be a lot still has to make business sense and it still has to go to something sustainable and I think uh, with the nature of startups being agile and flexible and fast this can easily be done and finally also think about engaging the youth especially the schools from our experience it's been very mutually beneficial because as a startup you can tap into a host of resources that you may not necessarily have right now and then the schools have. And for the schools, what they get in return is that they get the knowledge, they get the exposure, and even maybe future placement as one of your co-founders in the future no, for students. So, so that's it.
2: Thanks for the great tips. Again, thank you so much, Miss Stephanie Orlino, our stakeholder management head of PLDT and spark And thanks so much uh, to our three of the seven co-founders of our friends from Miami, JT Solis, Jeff Barrero, and Chris Hamara. Again, guys, thank you so much for joining us on behalf of David Almirol, our multi CEO and founder. And of course, MultiFresh, thanks so much for joining us. We will see you in the next episode of Tech Connect.